Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Henry Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about should I sell my existing investment property to buy a new build? And I've recently had a listener of the show text this in, Toby, and so I thought we'd cover it. And I want to hark back to what we covered about nine months ago in episode 930, which I have got to say, I think is one of the finest episodes we've ever done. And in that episode, we said that generally our favorite holding time for property is forever. But sometimes there are genuine reasons to sell. And one of them might be the current tax environment, the interest deductibility changes. There are going to be that people who own existing properties, i.e. new builds, are going to pay more tax. And when we had that last episode, we introduced the three tests of when you should and shouldn't sell. So let's talk through those. So first one is when you wouldn't buy the property back at today's value minus sale costs. So we normally say about 5% for sales costs. So you've got to look at your property and say, right, if it's a million dollars, would I buy that back with a 5% discount? If the answer is no, then you should sell. So if the property is worth a million dollars, it's like, would I buy the million dollar property for 950K? And do the numbers work on that if I compared it to something at 950? Because you do have to think, well, if you sell it, you are going to pay those sales costs in that case. So you're only going to get a certain amount of money back. Yeah. Then the next thing is when or not you can find something better after paying the sales costs. So again, you've got to think, okay, well, that 950 allows me to go and buy X and then you've got to run the numbers on that. And see, is that better? Yeah, and it does have to be better. And then the third thing is when there are no special circumstances. Now, those could be bright lines. So if you've got bright line and it's about to expire next year, don't go sell it now because that just seems dumb. Or if the bank's not actually going to lend you money to buy that new property, property Y. And there could be some other ones as well, but we'll come to those. And I still think that these are broadly right. So what I want to do is apply these three steps to an existing property and a new build. And we're going to use the ROI spreadsheet to run those numbers. And do you know what, Andrew? I've actually just chosen a random property off Trade Me, which you haven't seen yet, that I'm going to okay. show you now. This is available in Lower Hut. It's a three-bedroom, weatherboard property, thick single bath, couple of parking spots on about 600 metres of land. And, you know, how would you describe this for people who obviously can't see the screen? Uh, it's an older property that's been, you know, spruced up to look tidy enough. Yeah, I mean, it could still do us some work inside. It's probably renovated 10 years ago, but still looks okay. So that is currently available for rent in Lower Hut for $650 a week. And the value, according to homes.co.nz, is about 775 k So let's run it through these tests. Test number one would be, well, could I buy this 775 k house for 5% under the current value. So that's about 736K, which is almost you know just under 40K worth of discount. Would you buy that property at a 40K discount? Because that's what you're going to be left with if you do sell. And let's say, I don't know anything about the property investor. We've chosen a random one off trade me to demonstrate this. You could either be like, yeah, that's a great deal. Why would I not buy at 40K under value? I can see how I probably could add some value and renovate this property. Or you might think, well, actually, that property's been nothing but problems. When I run the cash flow, it's awful. I definitely want to get rid of it. Even if I could buy it 5% under value, I would not purchase that. So it comes down to the way that you see things. 
And that brings us to test number two, which is you've got to have something better to invest in. So what else could an investor potentially buy? Okay, so let's take this investor and say that they bought it a while ago and has a 400k mortgage on it. So would they be better off keeping that money in that investment property or selling it, paying the sales costs and then taking the cash, buying something else? So value 775 and 400k mortgage, that's 375 worth of equity. But if you sell it, then it's only going to be 336 that you're going to take as a deposit for the next property because of those sale costs. Now, if you've got 336k to put towards a deposit, I'd probably recommend something like a townhouse in Auckland. So say a three-bedroom townhouse, similar type of product, but obviously newer, and you'd probably pay 835 for that and you'd rent it for 740 a week. Oh, is that pretty typical? Like, are those actual numbers? Yeah, very typical. That's the Lincroft development that we've been recommending to investors. So I'm using a real-life example right now. What suburb's that in? That's in Mangare. Let's just look at the cash flow first of all. So with the existing property, based on those numbers we used before, the cash flow top-up that you've got over the 15 years on our ROI spreadsheet is 19000 The cash flow that you're actually receiving over the 15 years for the years that's positively geared is $52,000. And let me just explain that for a moment. So we're taking into account a lot of factors, like your rent increases over time. At the moment, we've got high interest rates. We expect those to come back. And when you model out the cash flow based on these numbers, over the first couple of years, this investor would have to top up that property, transfer money into the account of about 19 grand over about four or five years. And then after that, they're going to get 52 grand back. Well, how would that compare to the new build in this example? So for the new build, the cash flow top up in those more expensive years with higher interest rates, only 8,000. So you're $11,000 better off. With the positively geared years, you're $150,000 positive. So you're almost $100,000 better off. So you're putting in eight grand less to make an extra 100K in cash flow. So about $108,000 better off in total. That's right. And with an existing property, you've got more money that you're actually spending to get a lower return. Now, let's think about capital growth. So we assume that Auckland will have a higher capital growth rate. What the ROI works out to be when you look at these properties side by side is 170% for the existing or 280% for the new build uh, accounting for the sales costs. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, that means for every dollar that you invest in the existing property, you get back your dollar plus $1.70. So every dollar in, you get back $2.70 in total. But for every dollar you invest in the new build, you get your dollar back plus $2.80. So again, a dollar in, you get $3.80 back. So bear in mind, we're talking about investing over hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that extra dollar is enormous. And by these calculations, the new build example, the second example, gives you back over $300,000 more. Now, bear in mind that that 300-odd K, we're talking about both the fact that there's better cash flow and we are accounting for a higher capital growth rate in this example because it's in Auckland. So it's about a third of that difference or just over a third of that difference is in cash flow because of the tax differences. The other two thirds comes from moving into a different part of New Zealand that has a higher capital growth rate, at least by the numbers we use. Now, after you've done that, you've got to move on to topic number three or test number three. Test number three is, do any of the special circumstances hold? So if I was subject to Brightline, I don't think that 
it's the right time to sell most of the time because it's just a whole lot of extra tax that you probably don't want to donate to the IRD. So you might want to structure this so that you hold off selling till later. One of the great things about buying off plans is you could maybe buy something that's 18 months out from completion, knowing that you can sell your property within, say, six months of that completion, but be outside of Brightline. Then, of course, you want to look at things like renovation. So could I renovate the property that I've got at the moment to increase the rent and bring up the return on investment? Now, looking at the photos on this one, I think there's an opportunity to cash flow hack, add an extra bedroom, and there's plenty of outdoor space. You might be able to chuck a cabin back on there. Third thing you want to think about is, is the bank going to lend me the money back to buy an investment property? What you don't want to have happen is have the bank assess your servicing. You've had a reduction in income, an increase in personal costs because you had another baby. And now, of course, you can't buy that property in Auckland. So now you've got neither property. And the fourth thing you want to think about, is there a chance to make this property social housing and make it tax deductible, again, to improve that return on investment? And ultimately, I do think those are the three tests that it always comes back to. Would you buy the property again for a 5% discount, 5% under its current value? If the answer is no, you wouldn't because there's something else you're interested in or, you know, the property's just not performing for you, then, yeah, okay, might be a time to sell. A second test If there's something else that you could buy that would give you a better return, even after accounting for those sales costs, yeah, tell you what, might be a good time to sell. And then if there aren't any of these other things that crop up, you know, these special circumstances, then yeah, could be a time to sell. And I know we said this in the last episode as well, but I do think a bad reason to sell an investment property is if, oh, well, it just hasn't gone up in value. Because there is a chance that you sell that property that it does go up in value, or there is a chance that you sell that property, invest in something else, and that one doesn't go up in value in the short term as well. But what you do need to think about constantly, and a good reason to sell a property, is if there is some, and we call it an economics opportunity cost. That if you keep your money invested in this property, you're not going to be able to invest in something else, and there might be something better out there. So look, the answer is, you might not need to sell your existing property because it might not pass all of these three tests. You might be quite happy with where it is, but there might also be some people out there that are thinking, actually, it is time to sell that one and then invest in something else because there are now better investments out there. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want some advice around this, if you're thinking, well, I, I might sell that one and buy a new build instead, then it might be the right time to come in for that portfolio planning session because that's where you can sit down with a financial advisor and actually talk about these kinds of things. Easy way to sign up for that, whip out your phone, text the word PLAN to 5522, we'll give you a buzz, see if it's the right fit. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of using the property market. Until next time.